Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with Hamilton Tiger Cats coach Orlando Steinauer at the GM meetings in Blue Mountains, Ontario. Yes, I asked him how he's feeling after the Blue Bombers won the Grey Cup against his team a couple months ago. Also, we had to Verdon to chat with Tyson Ramsey, the head coach and general manager of the Oil Capitals, his first year on the job, and a chat with one of the members of the Winnipeg Westman Women's Basketball Dynasty of the mid-90s, inducted into the Canada West Hall of Fame. That's all coming up on the podcast. And we will start with the CFL, as we did last night, with the GM meetings in the resort area of the Blue Mountains in Ontario, which really aren't mountains, they're hills of a decent size. But anyway, yesterday I had the chance to catch up with Orlando Steinauer, head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I started by asking him how he was enjoying his time at these meetings. Oh, it's good. This is a this is a this is a great time of the year. I, I always enjoy it, uh, even though it digs into your off season a little bit. I think it's a necessary thing that uh, we all go through, where everybody can be heard and kind of. Uh, you know, just touch base without getting too cheesy with it. Like it's pretty cool, you know, cause I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in Oakville, Burlington area and you know, it, I just like driving in some of these rural roads and you see just like a little bit of snow on the branches, a little bit of snow on the houses. It's kind of significant of what you would or stereotypical, what you think this time of year is about. Absolutely. So uh, let me start with this for you. Uh, you're talking to someone in Winnipeg, Obviously, yeah. you lost the Great Cup to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's been, you know, over a month now. Do you still think about that night? Uh, yeah, but it doesn't consume my thoughts. You know, I don't know that it'll go away um, ever. You know, it's still going to be a topic of, you know, I remember losing the Great Cup in 1998 as a player. Um, it still comes up occasionally in conversation with people. But uh, when the confetti fell in 99, that one comes up a lot more. Um it's it was definitely a jagged pill to swallow. Definitely not going to make light of it, but at this point, it's in the rearview mirror. It doesn't consume my mind. Um, you know, it's 2020 will be a, a new season uh, with new players, and you know, likely coaching staffs will change. And as we sit here and I look at this room, and you know, there's there's nine teams that have made, you know, are trying to make themselves better, whether they've made coaching acquisitions or whatnot. Uh, February 11th will come, and they will look to better their football team. We got a global draft, we got a CFL draft. But where am I going with this? The reality is, there's going to be three teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. They're going to have no chance to win a championship. So each year is new, and so to focus on the loss for too long is counterproductive to what we want to accomplish in 2020. So how do you make sure you're not one of those three teams, and make sure that you get back to the Grey Cup game next fall? Yeah, a lot of work to be done in between there, but that is obviously the goal of, of every organization here. But um, my focus is Hamilton, and we'll do what we can, um, you know, as a in putting together a coaching staff and to equip ourselves in the draft the best that we can be, and then we'll head into training camp. And you have Jeremiah Mazzoli back. That's the, one of the big signings of the offseason so far. Obviously, there's still so much to happen in free agency, but how big is it to have Mazzoli back for you? Yeah, we're excited, obviously, you know, you know, to have Jeremiah back in the fold. We're excited that he wanted to be back. And, you know, he was going to have options. And I think it's, it's great. You know, I know him and 
Dane and Tommy, they all have great relationships. And, you know, I think it's it's not a genius statement to say that you, you, you need a quarterback to win a championship. And to, to have that type of competition coming to camp, uh, I'm excited about. And now you look at your East Division, obviously still lots has to happen, but uh, Paul Apolise and Nick Arbuckle in Ottawa now, Ryan Dinwiddie taking over in Toronto, still some signings need to happen, but it, it looks like the task in the East is going to be harder probably than it was last year. Yeah, and, you know, every week there's game plans. People are putting together game plans to beat you. So how people view uh, the divisions and that sort of thing, that's, you know, that's the fun part for the fans and for the media. But I'll tell you this, that every time you take the field, there's no guarantee that you're going to win. Like football is a game of mistakes. Um, It's a game of uh, injuries. And that's hardly ever going to change. And so you don't know what it's going to be week to week. So what I'm saying to you is winning isn't easy. I don't care what division you're in or whatnot. Um, Again, everybody's optimistic at this time of year. And our first goal is to be 1-0. and So it's still early in the meetings there in the Blue Mountains, but has, has there been any big takeaway so far? Nope, it's just good to see. It's good to see Scott Milanovic back. It's great to see O'Shea, and it's, it's good to see Dave Dickens, you know, Dave and Craig and you know, Rick Campbell. And, you know, it's, it's, just good. it's just good to see everybody. I mean, right now nobody's gunning for each other. We're all on the same team. We're trying to do what's best for the league. Uh, what's best for our organizations and and for ourselves personally. So it's just a, there's no takeaway thus far. I'll have a better answer for you uh, come, you know, at the end of the meetings, perhaps. Is there anything that you want to make heard, any kind of rule change that you want to voice your opinion on? Nope. I'll wait till after I hear clarity on some. (laughs) Okay. Then I'll have a better answer for you. But definitely there needs to be some clarity on a few things. Like what? Yeah, that's what I'm not. There's no sense in, in voicing that right now. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah. once this is done, then you there's no real break, is there? You you go right into getting into free agency. Yeah, and you know you there there is. Um, it depends what person's definition of a break is, right? So you know, are we are we coming in at six in the morning and leaving at eight at night? Absolutely not. Um, we won't be full time back in the office as a staff until, you know, the the, the later part of uh, March. But are our computers on? Are there text messages always flowing? Are there phone calls going? Absolutely. So um, it depends what a person defines a break as. But to me, from the daily grinds of coaching uh, in season, this this is a break. And before I let you go, are you following the NFL playoffs closely or focused solely on the CFL? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. I'm born and raised in Seattle, so um, def- definitely following the playoffs. Some good games. You like their chances in Green Bay? <laughs> well, shoot. Uh, in this, yes. Let me just say yes. That's my short answer. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time, Orlando, and uh, have fun at the meetings here. Okay. All right. Bye for now. Oh, shoot, he says. That's Orlando Steinauer, Steiny, as Coach Mike O'Shea would call him, head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The MJHL report returns tonight regularly. It's Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Our weekly check-in on the goings-on in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. 
Tonight, we had diverted to talk with head coach and general manager Tyson Ramsey, who was hired for that role near the end of May. And Tyson, it's been almost eight months on the job. So what have you learned so far? Uh, well, quite a bit, actually. Uh, certainly lots, uh, you know, lots going on day to day uh, here with, uh, you know, being able to head coach and the GM role. And, um, you know, I'm learning a lot every day from, uh, you know, people that have been here and, and uh, you know, from other guys around the league that have been who's our supporters. And, um, you know, but, uh, you know, certainly this organization is uh, uh, certainly top-notch and, and uh, you know, our, from our board members to uh, the people that help out day-to-day in the office and, and uh, coaching staff and training staff. And, you know, so I'm really enjoying myself. And, and uh, like, yeah, I just uh, it's, it's a learning curve, but uh, I feel like I've got a a decent handle on things now, and, and uh, can't believe we're already, uh, you know, over half the Yeah, so you right now are in sixth place in the MJHL, 44 points, 2014, two and two as of this moment. Is that where you'd like to be, or did you really have a number in mind? I'm not sure if we had a, a number in, in mind. We, you know, we certainly felt like, uh, you know, our, our group was capable of, of having a good regular season, you know, we, uh, you know, certainly there's some things that, as with every group, there's some things that, you know, that, that happen along the way that you don't foresee. But, uh, you know, I thought our group uh, started the season really well and, and uh, we're real good in our first, uh, you know, half dozen games. And then um, I thought uh, there was growing pains a bit after that. And we went into a little bit of a funk, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, about the seven game mark to the, to the 15-game mark and, and uh, you know, a lot of learning there for some young guys and, um, you know, our goal team situation changed uh, partway through the year and, you know, so that was a, a bit of a change. We had a couple of guys not returned and, um, you know, so our defense group ended up to be a younger group than we initially anticipated but, uh, you know, our guys have come a long way. Uh, you know, we really, from day one, of like their forward group and uh, we feel like they, uh, you know, can play with speed and they're skilled and, and when they do that, uh, you know, they're tough for other, other teams' defenses to handle. And our young guys on the back end, uh, you know, certainly uh, have come a long way since the season began. And, um, you know, they, they uh, have taken everything in and, and played minutes that, uh, you know, maybe they necessarily wouldn't play on, on teams that have an older defense. And so, you know, they've learned from that and come a long way. And, and uh, you know, we're starting to see our group uh, come together here over the last little while. Not to date you here, but you played in the MJHL. I guess we'll call it back in the day. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. How would you say the game's changed since your time as a player in this league? Well, I think the game of hockey has changed since since I was a player. You know, it's uh, it's certainly quite a bit faster and and a lot more skilled. You know, maybe not quite as heavy uh, a game as it was when I played, but. Uh, Certainly, the guys that uh, you know I watch here every day uh, out of practice and and on a day to day basis playing in games, they you know they've got some tremendous skill and, and uh, certainly it's a, when they when they play well, it's a it's a pleasure to watch and and uh, so I think the league you know overall has gotten quite a bit faster and and obviously with the you know the clutch and grab gone from the game, things can be faster and things can be more skilled and, and certainly that's uh, probably the biggest difference. Talking with Tyson Ramsey, the head coach and GM of the Verdon Oil Capitals of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. How have you enjoyed life in the town of Verdon? Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, you know, we first moved here. I was commuting back and forth to start the season as I'm still teaching in Brandon, but uh, over the holidays, we, uh, you know, we took possession of a home here in Verdon. And so, 
we've been here for for a couple of weeks now, and, and uh, really like it. My family and I are, are extremely happy here. It's it's a small town, and my wife and I are both from small towns, and so you know we know the the value of living in a small small community where uh, you know everybody and. Um, certainly being part of the hockey club here is something that's special and, and something that I don't take for granted and, and uh, really looking forward to what the, the future holds for, you know, not only myself and the, with the hockey team, but, uh, but our family in general. Where are you from? Uh, Dominion City, South Winnipeg is my hometown and uh, my wife is from Emerson. Okay, so Manitobans, born and bred, and just living in Verdon now, explain for, for those that maybe haven't, lived in a small town they're from winnipeg just how much junior hockey matters to these small communities across the province and across the country yeah it's uh you know it's a it's a staple in some of these towns and you know that's what people uh you know a lot of the older people in, in general they they uh you know they kind of work their schedules around the junior hockey team you know that they're going to be watching some junior hockey and um you know getting out in the community here means something different than it does in a larger center um you know the kids are they're getting up uh, lots and seeing you know seeing the same people and so um, you know a lot of these folks from from in the community here they, they get to know these guys personally and uh, I think that goes a long way uh, they feel like they've got a personal connection to the team and uh, you know our guys certainly enjoy that and I know the fans you know when they come and watch uh, and and they just you know had a conversation with a guy in the afternoon that at uh, you know an event in the community you know that that's uh, that's special for people and. Uh, you know, we have uh, an awesome uh, a group of fan base and, and, and attendance that comes on a nightly basis. And, and I think that's a large part of it. Um, you know, there's nothing like uh, being able to walk down the street and don't know every second phase and, and be able to have a conversation with somebody. And certainly that's uh, something that we enjoyed, uh, my wife and I, growing up. And, and see these guys, uh, you know, in a small community and, and the community, you know, really get behind them. is something that's pretty special and, and something that I feel very fortunate to be part of. So you're past the halfway point of the MJHL season. What's your goal for the second half? Well, obviously, to continue what we've kind of got going here, we've been on a bit of a roll. And um, obviously, the standings are, you know, the parity in the league is, is uh, tight. And, and that's awesome. It, uh, it's a good thing for, you know, for the MJHL. And, and uh, you know, anybody can win on, on, on any given night. And, you know, so obviously, we want to you know, solidify our, our spot in the standings and, and uh, you know, climb up as high as we can down the stretch here. Um, you know, obviously a, a playoff slot is, was a goal from the beginning of the season. And, I, you know, I think if we play the way we have and, and uh, you know, continue to do the things that make us successful, we'll get there. And obviously you want to try and get, uh, you know, as high in the standings as you can and, and, and gain some more life at some point in the playoffs. And so that'll be our goal here. But, you know, we, we're not looking that far down the road just yet. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of season left and we've got to go one at a time. And, uh, you know, certainly no bigger than the one we have here on Thursday night against uh, Swan Valley, who's uh, a team that we're chasing and a team we haven't had much success against, uh, you know, through the course of the season. So looking forward to getting uh, getting that one going on Thursday. Well, Bison, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for ta- uh, talking to us and best of luck throughout the rest of the season. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. The Canada West Hall of Fame came into existence this past fall. Conference said it would make 100 inductions in this its 100th anniversary season. I knew one of the honorees would have to be the Winnipeg Westman women's basketball dynasty of the early to mid-90s. And today, yes, it came to be. As the team from 92 through 95 got the call, that team won three straight national titles, 88 straight wins at one point, a university record that still holds in Canada, but was 
broken by the Yukon women in the States. One of the members of the dynasty was Marnie Nechwaduk, a point guard who now goes by Marnie Minkus. Marnie, when did you join the Westman program? Uh, I joined the team uh, during the streak after their first year um, in 1993 is when I graduated high school. So I went to the Westman uh, right out of high school in 1993. And you were joining a program that was already off and running. Did you know what you were getting yourself into when you arrived on campus? You know, you you look back now and you think uh, you had no clue. You had no clue what they were accomplishing at the time. You knew they were number one in the country and that they had won a national championship. But looking back and thinking, coming out of high school, you you were just excited to be a part of any university team. But to be going to the number one team and staying home and being in your home province, it was quite the honor. Where did you go to high school? I was a Glenlong Collegiate graduate. Okay. And so when you arrived on campus, how quickly did you realize that, well, I guess you arrived during the streak. When did it become a big deal? When did the streak kind of become the streak? You know what? When we look back and, and we talk about it as a team and girls that we all still hang out, it's it's one big family still. And, you know, we didn't really ever realize, I think, that we were on that streak. We just pushed forth every day. Every day was a new day and a new competitor that we had to take down. And we just continued to work every day to accomplish that next win. And I don't think we really ever looked and said, we're on this streak and we're going to lose. We just always knew we were going to continue to win till we reached our goal. What made your team so good? What made them unbeatable? I think everyone realized their role. Everyone knew they had part of that team, uh, part of the family. No one sat there saying, you know, what about me? Why am I not the one who's the star? We all took our roles and we ran with it. And for me, you know, we basically thought I'm part of something special and I want to be a part of it and I want to be there and whatever capacity that might have been in we were willing to accept it and go with it we weren't all the superstars but you did at have that university but we were superstars going into the university right um, most of the girls were ranked pretty high you know in in the sun pole coming out of you know Winnipeg and in those polls that they would put out and you were an all-star on that team you came from, but once you got there, you were certainly a, a team and a family. Now, you did have the National Player of the Year three years in a row, Sandra Carroll, on your roster. That certainly helped. It, you know, it, it, Sandra Carroll was a phenom. Um, it was interesting because I was the defensive role to her offensive role. Uh, I had to play against her in every practice. So, you know, I like to try to credit myself that she was so good because I must have been so good at defense. But, uh, no, she was phenomenal as an athlete, as a person, um, and just so fun to be around. She was one of my main roommates uh, whenever we traveled. So just a phenomenal person, an athlete, and and a player. Now, when that streak uh, came to a close, it was on national TV. It was uh, a huge deal. (laughs) It was a game that, you know, looking back, you probably shouldn't have lost to the Manitoba Bisons, but did that loss help propel you to that third national title? You know, it was just being that 25-year anniversary and, and just the reminder of that one game that took that streak away from us. You know, we had our tears as a team, and the next day we were back on the court ready to go, 
And our goal was to not let another team beat us. And you say, yes, we shouldn't have lost to that team. Um, we had beat them quite a few times in that streak. So to lose to your crosstown rivals, the ones that, you know, you grew up playing with and against, um, it was it was a tough pill to swallow. However, it did uh, take us through to an undefeated season after that loss and then another national championship. We're talking with Marnie Minkus, who was on the Winnipeg Westman women's basketball teams of the mid-90s, the dynasty inducted into the Canada West Hall of Fame today. How often do you look back at those days? Uh, I guess whenever you guys keep reminding us. <laughs> um, I know I know that the, um, you know, with that loss, that was just in the papers again um, because it was uh, quite, you know, a loss to end our streak. Uh, being recognized by these Hall of Fames that, um, you know, in 95, right after we were entered into the Canadian Basketball Hall of Fame, we also are in Manitoba Sport Hall of Fame and Manitoba Basketball Hall of Fame. So as you know, our team keeps get, getting recognized. It's kind of, we're reminded of just how special that team was and how awesome it was to be a part of. And you mentioned that there's still a community here of the players that you played with. Uh, and there's going to be a celebration or ceremony Friday ahead of the game that the Westman team now are playing. But how often do you guys get together and reminisce or do you reminisce? You know, we do with social media, you know, that's such a great outlet for us to stay connected, uh, stay in touch with each other. There's some that aren't on it, you know, some live overseas or out of city or out of province um, so it's tough to get all together but there is a core of us that do see each other regularly we've either played senior women's together um, or our kids are playing together in different sports or we're coaching against each other now so you do get to see each other and you know it is a special bond that you have with a team um, and with those teammates and coaches and and just anyone that was a part um, of that group being doctors trainers that is special and and we stick together what did you end up doing after university did you continue doing basketball so i did continue um i i played in the senior women's league here in winnipeg i did actually travel for a year overseas and went to japan and played in a a league out there but it wasn't uh, professional at all um and then came back and played again my fourth year with the university Um, and then when I graduated I actually became a police officer and I'm actually in charge um, of the police men's basketball team which I'm a part of and uh, we go into schools and play against any of the high school teams and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and also Manitoba Justice so giving back to the community but also keeping my roots with basketball. Did your basketball career help you in your job as a police officer? I think it did. I think uh, anytime you're involved in sports um, and you're part of a team, you know, you you work well in in settings where you need to be a team player um, and give back and work hard and be physically fit. So absolutely. Final question. Do you still follow the Westman teams every year? Do you still go to games? Yeah, you know, Tanya Tanya McKay was one of my individuals coach when I was new to the university. Um, she worked on shooting with me. She was a pure shooter, and now she's the head coach and still the coach of the team. Um, so we still stay connected, and as much as I can get back, I do. I have uh, 12-year-old twins that, 
you know, getting out there and getting to the games is super fun for them. But with all their sports and coaching, and I'm helping coach both their basketball teams this year, it's it's hard to fit it into the schedule. But we always like to get back if we can. Well, I appreciate your time tonight. Congratulations again on this honor, and uh, best of luck as your basketball career takes a different path, but you're still involved. That's great to hear. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?